You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer here with Bart Kaler. And today we invite one of our friends that we had in a previous episode, Rob Clark. When we talked to him before, it was exclusively for that tall family. But now he is with Greenville University and he is going to give us successful tactics on how to lean in to content creation and social media for universities. And this is someone, Bart, that knows what he's talking about because in a side hustle, he gets three <laughs> to four million views per day. And now he's going to help our listeners tune into how they can apply this at their university. And he brings a lot of content today with us. He does. It's such a pragmatic episode. And I really like Rob because he's, uh, he's open about it. I mean, he's, he admits there's no secrets. I will give you my entire playbook. And he, he gives you a big chunk of it today. And I think it's very, very good. And, um, and, I, and I love the fact that he's only been at Greenville University for four months, but he's already seeing tremendous impressions and tremendous changes. I, I think after the first four or five weeks, he texted me one afternoon and said, hey, I, we just passed uh, our total view library for the past 20 years of everything that was on Greenville University's YouTube channel. We just passed it in one day with our most recent YouTube short. So he is making things happen. Um, they are leaning into it heavily at Greenville University in all aspects of it. And he unpacks it today. And what a valuable, valuable episode. And the university has about a thousand students. So it's not a large university yeah. that he's making this happen for. And he is creating great outcomes for them. So without further ado, here is Rob Clark. Rob, we love the fact that you agreed to come back on the podcast to get our conversation started. If you would, please share with our listeners something that you may have learned recently that you would think is interesting or unique enough to others. Yeah, I think something that I'm finding interesting is this chat GPT. It's an artificial intelligence where it's an open source. So you could go to, um, I don't know, if you just Google it, you'll find it. Uh, but it's artificial intelligence and it's text-based and so you can ask questions and it's quite different than uh, Google search. It's, it's not necessarily a Google search, but it, it has some intelligence behind it and it, it's pretty fascinating. I know people much more technical than me are putting their code into it and asking it to find issues in the code and so engineers are using it. Um, I'm simply typing out an email and saying, hey, can you clean this up, uh, my grammar? And it's doing a great job of that. So I can only imagine the possibilities that are going to be coming out of this technology and as it continually learns. Uh, but it's been fascinating to play with. Thank you. And I've only heard about this recently, and I appreciate you mentioning it for our listeners. And it's something that I've been meaning to go out and investigate and check out. So thank you, Rob. If you would, uh, you're known for a couple of reasons. You have that tall family, which we all became familiar with 
a few months ago, but now you're with the university and taking some of the things that you've learned over the past year from your becoming an influencer on TikTok and other social media platforms, and you're applying it to a university. So if you can let everyone know where you are now at and a little bit about Greenville University. Sure. So we are, like you just mentioned, you gave away the punchline there. We're at Greenville University (laughs) uh, uh, in Greenville, Illinois. It happens to be where my wife and I both went to school and where we met. Uh, But we we did leave. And so we were gone for 20 some years. And uh, recently we decided to move back. So I'm from the area. My mom lives like 40 minutes away. My stepdad passed away. And so we decided it'd be good for us to come back to the area. We, we know lots of people here, lots of family. And so that was a decision. And uh, once we decided to move back, uh, I was talking to some friends and they mentioned that I should talk to President Davis here at Greenville University, uh, who, when I sat down with her, literally said, she said to me, is like, we had a discussion this morning. We're trying to figure out some of these things that you're doing. Would you be interested in coming to help us here? And so Uh, We said yes. And so now my role here is content creator. And so we're wired a little bit differently because I work directly for the president because there's a few things that and the the reason why I'm outside of marketing, even though we meet often and we talk. And so it's not that I'm a separate from them, uh, but there is a few things that we're really trying to hit. One is building the brand of the president, uh, getting more eyeballs on the school uh, at, at a different rate than which traditional marketing departments can do. And there are a few new programs that we're rolling out that we really need a lot of eyeballs on. So I'm kind of focused and in in a lot of ways, um, I'm very thankful and grateful because I don't have a team. I don't have a bunch of meetings. Uh, I can just kind of get down to what I'm good at. Rob, for our listeners that may not be familiar with your name and that didn't listen to the episode that we had you on back in April, if you could just give us some context of why when you sat down in front of your uh, college president, she said, we would like to work with you. So if you could describe what you're doing with the Tall family. Right. In, in a nutshell, we're influencers. So 22 months ago, we decided to push in to TikTok. Um, TikTok was blowing up at the time. I've been doing social media ever since it came out. When YouTube was like two months old, I uploaded our first video And so something that I've always had fun with and played with and kind of really love the idea of social media because you can put something out there and get almost an immediate reaction. And so maybe it's uh, my lack of patience and I love uh, just, you know, instant gratification. And so maybe that's why I'm drawn to it. But yeah, 22 months ago, we started That Tall Family, just documenting our family that we're tall and all the kind of the, the fun things that come along with it. Uh, And it really took off on TikTok. And since then, we've expanded to YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And uh, so we're we're around 1.8 billion views right now. Uh, YouTube's growing the fastest for us. TikTok's still doing very well. It's still our, our best platform. But we do see YouTube catching up pretty quick. Yeah, I think that's fascinating because, I mean, we've we've talked about this and we spent a lot of long time on the April podcast episode. And I can't remember where you were there, but I think it was like half the numbers that we are now. And so if not less. And so obviously there's a lot going on and, you know, not everybody's going to be an influencer, even though. You know, I was, did a presentation the other day and like I think the stat is like 75 percent of Generation Alpha. Their career goal is to be a YouTuber. 
I don't think schools can take this lightly in the sense that this is a real thing. This is a different way of doing things. I mean, I, I even know in my own kids, we have to actually ask them to come sit down and watch TV with us because they would rather be watching YouTube and doing the things that they want to do. And so I applaud Greenville University and your president for for you know embracing this and kind of stepping forward. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are looking at and, and, and how you are kind of advising, you know, cause we talked just slightly on the last episode about, you know, if we, you know, if you were in the seat at the university, what you would do, well, now that you're in the seat at the university, what are you doing? I mean, I'm not asking you to give away every secret, but I don't think that is a lot of, a lot of secrets. I think it has more to do with, is your university brave enough to step out and do these things? Exactly. And I, put on LinkedIn just today is like, Hey, if you want to talk, I will give you away all the secrets. And, and the secret is it really isn't secrets. It's putting a lot of content out there. So for example, I, I was checking this week, just kind of curious what, you know, we're, we're a mid-sized school I, I, or maybe small school. I don't know, around a thousand students, um, here in the Midwest. And so when I was looking around very similar schools like ours, most schools are putting out one piece of content every three days. And so, and some of the schools have bigger followings than ours. Uh, some of the schools have a lot more money. And so even they put out one piece of content, it could get maybe five or six times the views that we get. But kind of the secret that we're doing is putting out usually two to four pieces of content per day. And so if we average three and we put them on the four different platforms, then we're putting out basically 12 pieces of content per day. And so that's where, and I know that we talked about this on the last episode, quantity over quality. Now, it doesn't mean that you just put out anything, but the quantity always wins. And so for us, um, we're seeing on, on any given day now, we're between 7,000 and 10,000 views per day. Now, this is organic, so we're not paying for it. And so this is on the four different platforms when you add them all up. And then when you also look at the, because now we, I've only been here four months, but we're, we're amassing a fairly good catalog and those old videos are getting views every single day as well. And so at the end of the day, we're going to have way more eyeballs on us just because we're putting out the quantity in this short video content. So you think about TikTok, you think about YouTube uh, shorts or Facebook and Instagram reels. Yeah. And I, I want to kind of make sure that we don't lose sight of that, that, that quantity over quality. And again, we're not talking about just junk stuff, but we're talking about, and I'm, I continue to work with schools and I get, I, I, I get a little frustrated, but it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm like, let's get a video, put it, put it in an email. Let's get a video, put it on social media. It's like, well, we'll get that scheduled for next week. We'll get the videographer in here. We'll get the lights set up. And it, it I, that's not what you're doing, Rob. Tell me a little bit about your process, your tools, what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So the tools are the iPhone and that's, that's, that's it. That's it. Now, if you want to get fancy, you can get a ring light for 20 bucks on Amazon, but most of the time just stand across from the window and you'll be perfect or be outside. And, and so I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of everything. So it's not, you do this or do that. It's like, yeah, we, we do it all. And so even here, you know, we hired a company, they came in, they did a very nice video they shot video at the beginning of the year, you know, when the grass is green and all the leaves are on the trees and it's beautiful. Um, but we just put that video out just a couple of days ago because it takes time and it's got to be edited. And, um, and it takes a lot of energy, a lot of students, a lot of involvement. Um, whereas my role is to how do we get videos out every single day? And so it could look like 
the emissions saying like, hey, we, we would love just to get something out there about FASFAs coming up. And so we could go and I could get that text in the morning and within two hours, I'm strolling over there. We come up with an idea and the missions video that we did got like 30,000 views on YouTube within 24 hours. And, and so that's going to perform better than any other video that we do unless we put money behind it. And so it's just the reality of where we're at right now. Who, how are people consuming content? And so it's not that this is necessarily better. It's just it's more effective right now. And of course, things could always change tomorrow. But it's like, what is effective right now? And how can you move quickly on that? Okay. You said something that I want to make sure that we go back and unpack because people are like, well, I, I went and recorded a, a FAFSA video last week and I only got 27 views. Um, a couple things. I mean, one, we talked about the consistency. So pumping out 12 pieces of content a day is going to give you the platform that you can do that. But also you, you talked about, we talked about some ideas unpack that for me because I think that there's more than just talking heads that we're talking about here. This is something that understanding the culture and understanding the trends is really important. So tell me a little bit about that. That's exactly right. There's a little bit of, you got to be a student of the platform. So YouTube is going to be different than Instagram, which is going to be different than TikTok. And so it's a little bit, so we do a certain video. Now we've done enough of them and I see the pattern. I feel like, okay, this is going to do well on Instagram. Um, whereas for example, we did a video the other day and it happens to be three older gentlemen that have kind of what people would say are giants of Greenville. They've been around for a long time. They were professors or staff here for 20 plus years, um, maybe even longer than that. And they're at a coffee shop and I, and I saw them. I was like, hey, we got to do a video. And so I took an idea, which is very popular on TikTok right now, where it's called outfit of the day. And so it's this idea of like you explain what you're wearing. Of course, teenage girls, they're going to get all into it. Like, oh, I'm wearing Lululemon or Nike. So but think about, you know, 65 year old men. Uh, and, and a professor's like, oh, I got this from the thrift shop. And the next guy's like, I don't know. It's like a century old, I, you know. Um, and so everyone's joking. The last guy's like, L.L. Bean, I love L.L. Bean. You could buy it. I don't even have to go pick it up. And, and, and of course, it was funny. And I knew that that was going to work really well on Facebook because that's where some of our older generation is. And, and of course, everyone knew who they were. And so it played very well. So I, I think the, the thing is you got to be kind of a student uh, of the platforms um, but then some of it, you just have to be okay with putting it out there because we have had videos that I thought were going to kill and get like 10 views on YouTube, but that same video gets 2000 on Instagram. And so some of it is, is putting out there, um, and you just not, you're not sure what, what it's going to do. Um, but ultimately if you keep that consistency happening over time, then you're averaging 10,000 eyeballs a day. It doesn't matter if this video did well or not. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Ardeo Education Solutions. Ardeo helps colleges and universities increase access to education while giving students and families financial peace of mind. Ardeo's loan repayment assistance programs, known as LRAPs, help students with modest incomes repay their federal student, parent plus, and private loans. Ardeo's LRAPs give students the confidence they need to enroll and are a win-win for your institution. To learn more about Ardeo and see case studies from institutions like yours, visit ardeo.org. That's A-R-D-E-O dot org. 
Welcome back. Let's rejoin the conversation right here on The Higher Ed Marketer. So tell me a little bit, and I, I'm just unpacking this because I'm imagining all these people asking questions. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be their no, proxy. I'm going to be their proxy. Yeah, so somebody, I can hear somebody saying right now, it's like, okay, great. Rob says I need to kind of use what's trending and I need to out there. I am not on TikTok. I'm not on Instagram reels. I, I barely keep up with my, my LinkedIn account. What, I mean, what are some solutions? I mean, certainly a school might say, well, we've got some student workers. Could we, could we use them? Help me understand how, how schools can do that because I often tell them, yes, lean into the students, but don't give the students the phone and the keys to the car because there's a good chance it might go off the road. Tell me, tell me your philosophy on that. Yeah, two, two points there. One is that um, younger people, so we'll say generations, so let's say college-age students, high school-age students, um, they definitely consume a lot of content. Uh, the vast majority of them are not good at creating the content, though. There, there is a difference. Now, having said that, there are likely people on the campus that are good at creating content. So part of the job is finding the right people. But don't assume just because they have a social media app on their phone that they're actually good at creating it. So you do have to find the right people and they can help. The second point, and I'm going to try this without necessarily sounding you know, condescending or rude, but if, if you are a part of a marketing department or a social media team and you're not actively engaged and know what's working, then I don't know, you, you may want to find a new department to work in. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be snarky about it, but there is a little bit of like, if this is your profession, then you should be in it. And so it, it would be crazy to me that, you know, if there's a professor in math and he, you know, he actually didn't practice math, it'd be weird to me. And so same way, social media and marketing, because we know this is the medium college age and down. Not even that. Let's we are. Um, the fact that we're on, we're making media right now because we know people will consume this. Um, my grandmother is, you know, on TikTok, and the, and it, it's not just her; it's like everybody is, right? Everybody's on social media. We know that this is what's actually driving the culture. I mean, I, you know, whenever this comes out, but right now, like, look at the firestorm with Elon Musk and Twitter, right? right? A couple years ago, people were thinking that Russia was overthrowing the U.S. because of Facebook. And so we know that social media is driving decisions and, and know that, that a lot of students are making decisions where they go to school based on social media. So again, I don't want to sound condescending, but if people aren't actually in the platform and trying to figure out what's working, then I don't know. that I think there's a bigger question or a bigger problem there. Rob, I think when people think of influencers and this being effective, that it has to be millions of views. And when we think of social media and people being successful, but as you know, it doesn't have to be that much, especially for a college in the Midwest. I think there's a story that you have of a video that was taken by a soccer coach that maybe got a thousand views, but because of that video, there was a student that enrolled. So can you tell us a little bit about that and then similar instances where this doesn't have to have millions of views to be successful for a university? Yeah, what's I think really great about these vertical videos right now, these TikToks and YouTube shorts and the reels is that the majority of the views that you're going to get are people that don't follow you. And so depending on the platform, 80 to 90% 
are going to be coming from outside of who's following you. Now, yeah. for a college, of course, this is amazing because it, it's fresh eyes. And so the story that you're referring to, and this happened before I, I got here, but the soccer coach did a TikTok video, and it was simply a, a video that was trending. And so there was no like right hook, there was no big ask, and it wasn't try, it was not an ad. It was just a fun video that he liked to do, or his his players liked to do. But he was a part of it, where he took off his sunglasses and passed it around to the different players. Well, a girl just happened to see that who was sitting on her bed in Texas who played soccer because the algorithm knew that she played soccer, knew that she liked soccer. So it put a soccer team in front of her. And she said, this looks like a fun team. Reached out to the coach. Within a week, she was visiting campus. And then, yeah, she's actually on campus now. That was last year. And so she's, and he says, one of her best recruits this year. And she's on the team playing. And so she's in Greenville right now. And so the video only had like a thousand views. And this is the fun part about it is that you can pay to have people watch your videos. And we've all seen them pop up in whatever platform we're on. We skip past them as quick as possible. But when you actually create content, and this is what we try to do, create content that people will enjoy. And so it's not necessarily right on the nose, like, hey, go fill out your FAFSA, or hey, apply to Greenville today, or hey, you should come to school here. We just document what we're doing. So like a new program we have that we're starting is an equestrian program. And so the videos aren't talking about like you need to sign up because now we have horses. We just show video of our president with a horse or a director with a horse or some students on a horse. And that's going to be enough to suck some people in. And then they're going to do the work of like, okay, maybe this is a school that's right for me. I love that idea of discovery. I think that that's one of the most underutilized elements in higher ed marketing. I've talked about it with search engine optimization. We talk about it with some lead generation. Pay-per-click is, is really the only form of discovery that a lot of schools are, are doing and investing in. But I think content, especially evergreen content, whether it's written form for a blog or whether it's you know short videos or podcasts or whatever it is, I think that that discovery there's, I mean, I always tell schools, they're like always wringing their hands, especially in enrollment. It's like, we, is this viable? And I'm like, you need to get 350 students. There are 350 people in the United States that are perfect for your school. They just don't know about you. Help, help me understand that because I think that so much of this is about discovery. And I think that's one of the underutilized platforms and underutilized anything that schools are, are missing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I think what a lot of times when we start thinking about creating content, uh, instantly we think about creating an ad. We're trying to sell ourselves. And instead, we're just trying to document who we are. And you're exactly right. A lot of the schools, they don't need 5,000 students every year. So you just need to find the right ones. And so in the past, we would you know, go to every single student in the U.S. or, or even globally or, or whatever. We buy a list and and so we're competing with everyone else. Instead, the way that it's flipped, and this is what TikTok has done, is that TikTok has put content that they know, and, and I, you know, I'm not an engineer, but the algorithms, they know what videos I want to watch because if I keep seeing videos I want to watch, I'll stay on their platform longer. And so that was different where in the past, YouTube and Instagram and even Facebook they would put content of people you follow. So that's much harder to find people to follow you. But now 
if you have zero followers or yeah, zero followers, you can create a piece of content that a million people see. And so every other platform, YouTube is chasing that big time now. That's why we've seen the growth that we've seen. Facebook and Instagram right behind them as well. And so this is where you can put out a piece of like the story was an example that put out a piece of content about soccer. We have a new gymnastics program. And so we'll put out, you know, a piece of content of, of some of the gymnasts doing flips. That's going to be served up to people all over the world, not just in the U.S., but all over the world. And the algorithms know that the people that are into gymnastics want to see this. So they're going to see that content. So it's almost reverse engineering. You know, instead of we create the watering holes that people come to, now we're putting out thousands of different watering holes that we know that people are going to be at. And so like this is, again, we're going to hammer this home, you know, quantity over quality because the quantity, we don't know what video is going to strike a chord with whatever student. Um, But we do know that some come for athletics, some come for, you know, gymnastics, for example, or we have the equine now. Um, Some come for the just the the fun or the theater or some are going to come for the academics or some come for the location. So you can put videos out about everything about your school and it's going to be served up in front of the right students. It gets down to living out your brand. And if you could live out your brand every day through 12 pieces of content or even one piece of content, I mean, you know, let's just get started. One piece of content that just demonstrates your students living out the brand, that's a great place to start. You know, Rob, we talked about discovery, but I think another benefit of this is familiarity. Earlier today, I was telling you, although we've never met, I feel that I know you and you're one of the only people that I follow on TikTok while well, your family is. So I know about your seven foot son and most of your family's over seven foot except for your wife and your youngest daughter. And I just feel like I know you. But then you responded by saying yes. And that works well for the university because now when people come on to campus, they feel like they know President Davis and they know the professors. And could you unpack that a little bit on how that works? Yeah. So like I said at the beginning, one of my roles is in this job that I'm doing is to build the brand of the president. And and I would say that's true of every college is that you want to push your president out there as much as possible because the organizations need a face. And so, of course, the president makes a lot of sense. And so what we did and and she's probably like a lot of the presidents are like she She's not a big fan of social media, her background. She's a lawyer, so she sees all the legal ramifications. She's like, why would people do this? And so in some way, she's like, listen, this isn't my world. I understand we have to do it. So, I mean, great for her that she embraced it and is running with it. But we had a a scholarship weekend where we had a lot of students on campus. And, of course, their parents come. And she heard over and over again from parents, it's like, oh, we feel like we know you. And they come up and they talk because she's big into horses and talk about horses or she was a student athlete, talk about that. And they know all this about our president because they see the social media. And, and that's the way it's going to work. If we're interested in anything at all, the first thing we do is going to Google and we're probably going to see their social media. And so we're going to consume that before we actually meet with somebody So it it makes sense. Now, of course, they don't know her like really well, but they know enough about her where they feel comfortable that they could come up and talk with her. And so, of course, anybody's going to see how that would be a win for a university where you feel comfortable enough that you can approach the president. That's great. Thank you. And then I would like to go back to some of our listeners that they just don't know what 
trends are. And, you know, I yes, we all know they should start paying attention, but would like to ask you, I think you have mentioned that you're going to have a team next semester. So when you sit down with them for the first time, what are you going to counsel them on what to pay attention to? And I also have heard you say before that it's not about reinventing the wheel, but it's, uh, I think the book is Stealing Like an Artist. So if you can give us our, your philosophy on how your team that you create or how our listeners can make that work. We got about 15 people that want to be a part of this. And so I'm not sure if we'll keep all 15, but even if we keep 10 of them, so this isn't going to be, okay, this is what you need to do. Go out, create content for the university. What We're going to flip it. And so because I have experience in this, I'm going to help them build their brand. And so the goal is, is that as their brands continue to grow, of course, they're going to be doing content at the sporting events, in their dorm rooms, in the dining commons. But that's just going to happen naturally. So I don't even want them to try to think about, oh, I need to do this for the university. I want them just to produce good content. And that's going, in some ways, it's even better because it doesn't feel like an ad. And so I, I will ask, answer your question in just a second. But a piece that I did for my own brand just the other day, this was just an Instagram story. I'm walking through the gym. I was going home. There's a basketball. And I literally said, okay, I got to, if there's a basketball in the gym, I got to shoot it. I can't just leave it there. So I go in and so I do a story, shoot it from half court. I airball it. And, uh, but I was like, okay, I'm going to post it anyway. And so someone from Arizona, high school basketball coach reached out because they saw the logo said, oh, you're at Greenville University, started a conversation. So some of those things where you're not trying to sell it, it's just a part of it. Um, when we first got here, we, the family were doing a video on the volleyball, outdoor volleyball court that got a couple million views. And a lot of the comments were, we know where that's at, that's Greenville, what school is that? So a lot of that just happens naturally. Um, so that, that, that's something that... Uh, I think if a school tries to just produce content and not really think about creating an ad, then I think it's going to perform better. Now, if anyone consumes social media at all for any length of time, go on Instagram, go on YouTube, go on TikTok for 10 minutes and just go from video to, you know, just scroll the videos. You're probably going to see a trend pop up because you're going to, oh, I've seen this before. And so some of our best videos have come from that, where we see a video, there's something about it. It's the music, it's the idea, and then we just put our spin on it. <clears throat> and so, so what that means is that you don't have to come up with an original piece of content. So you're going to see a piece of content that you enjoy. So start there. It's like, for whatever reason, if it's something that you would send to a friend or to a family member, why would you do that? There's something there that's interesting about it then you could probably take that same idea and then apply it. And so that's what most of our content, that tall family, a lot of our content is we see something, it's interesting. It's like, okay, well, we can put the tall spin on this. And it does really well because people feel like, oh, we already know what this is. It's just a little bit different. And that's always been the case. It's, you know, when, when people say it's like, oh, a new invention, we're the Uber of toothpaste. It's like, you got to connect it to something. It's like, so it's already familiar or, you know, back in the day, was it Sprite? That was like the Uncola. And so you tied it to something that people are familiar with and then just put a spin on it. So I think social media is exactly that. So for a college, 
if you're seeing something that's interesting, then think like, oh, this would be a good piece of content, but let's just do it in our gymnasium or let's do it in our chapel or let's do it, you know, on our field that everyone's going to recognize this tower. Um, so it's just stealing the stuff that you enjoy and then just putting your small twist on it that kind of makes it your own. I love that. And I, and I know that sometimes too, by watching the influencers, by watching different people and, and you and I've talked before about, uh, Gary Vanderchuk and Gary V. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of things and he's not doing it by accident. I mean, he's he's got a team of people that are figuring out what's working and, and he puts out things that are going to work. We don't have a team of people at most colleges to figure it out. I mean, you might have 10 people next month, but it's not the same thing. So why not figure out, you know, what these big influencers are doing because they're investing their time or or their managers are investing their time or whatever it is the the the, the label is investing its time. They're figuring it out and it's I love that idea that books steal like an artist. I mean, it's the idea of there's nothing new under the sun. Put your own spin on it, make it your own. I think that's a really really wise thought. I th- I think it would be worthwhile too for you know, universities to look outside of universities. Now, I, I do look at some other schools, um, you know, the big name schools and smaller schools, but ultimately find, you know, something that's a business that isn't a university and kind of steal from them because that way it's going to be even a little bit more unique. While we have you, before we let you go, we need to ask you this question. If there was one piece of advice that you would give a marketing department or a content creator at a college that would benefit them almost immediately, what would that piece of advice be? My, my guess is that most marketing departments or social media departments or, or whatever you want to call them are probably overthinking it way too much. Um, social media isn't rocket science. It's just put a piece of content out there that you enjoy. And if no one else enjoys it, that's fine. It was free anyway. It took a few minutes of your time. And then on top of that, so, so I would say don't overthink it. Uh, put as much content out there as you can. The quality is going to eventually be there. Uh, but we don't get to decide what quality is anyway. So some of our best pieces of content, um, you know, there's probably some people are like, oh, you're going to put that out there. Now, that's true of the university, and that's true of my own personal brand. There's times where we make videos and we're like, eh, it's not going to do very well. We just got to put something out because we haven't done a video today. And it goes for millions of views. And so don't overthink it. You just got to get the content out there. I mean, just for example, our YouTube, I was just you know looking at the numbers this morning. So I've been here four months. And so the last four months, our YouTube compared to the previous four months is up 2,500% in, in watch time. <laughs> wow. Two, five, zero, zero. And so... Yeah, two five zero zero, and the and the only reason why is because we're creating shorts now, the vertical video which we weren't doing before, and just knowing that is what people are consuming right now. And so, if you're in the marketing world at all, these this is data that's not news. It's not like some hidden secret. If you search anything at all, you know that YouTube's putting a lot of money behind influencers in 2023 you know this is where everyone's going, that they're going to be putting shorts on TV. And so if, if you had to double down on anything, YouTube shorts is going to be the biggest win in 2023. Um, you know, of course, there's things like, is TikTok going to get banned? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. At the end of the day, if it goes away, something else is going to be there. 
And so you just got to be ready for the next thing. I'm hoping that Elon Musk does bring Vine back because I got 750 videos that I need another platform for. <laughs> and so selfishly, I'm like, please bring it back. Um, so I think ultimately, don't overthink it. Um, speed wins all the time. And, and, and I'm empathetic. Marketing departments have a lot on their plate. They got to see so much. They got to do marketing. They got to do PR. There, there's so much. So I'm empathetic that they have to have a schedule. So I would really think if I was a university, I would find somebody that they could just turn loose and let run because speed wins social media. And so if you have an idea, you need to make it and get it out there um, where you could do a couple pieces of content a day per platform. Rob, thank you so much for that. And usually at this point, I ask if someone would want to contact you, but I'm going to be a little bit more assertive and say that you should follow Rob. And if you have any questions, contact him. Uh, Rob, what would be the best way to follow what you're doing? And if someone did have a question that they would like to follow up on, the best way to contact you? Yeah, of course, that tall family is the easiest thing to find on the internet. Uh, LinkedIn, Rob Clark. Um, I, I probably on LinkedIn search that tall family. I'll pop up as well. It's probably easier that way. Instagram. If you find us on Instagram, we see every message. LinkedIn. I see every message. Um, thattallfamily.com has all my contact information. Um, and so, yeah, there, there are no secrets, meaning that I, I would give my best information away. And so if anyone does want have to talk more about this, uh, I would love to talk more about it. Thank you very much. Bart, what are your final thoughts before we close our episode? Very pragmatic episode. Thank you, Rob. The whole comments about discovery and just the, just the um, discipline of putting more content out is probably the thing. If you wanted to walk away with one thing, start doing more content and start getting it out there. And then uh, I really like that last you know, walk away of don't overthink it. Um, you know, if you're worried about, well, if we put this out, what will our major donor think about this? Chances are they're not going to see it. <laughs> Chances are if they do and you can tell them, hey, we had 50,000 views on this eyeballs, they're going to be like, that's great. I don't get it, but that's great. I would just say don't overthink it. Fail forward and just do what you can. And uh, and I think it, I think the time is now. Um, and I think that's part of it, too, is that, you know, when we talked back in April, I don't think we were talking too much about we were just saying that, well, maybe YouTube Shorts is going to be something. And that's that's ramped up quickly. And in another year, it could be something different. And so uh, I just say, you know, go forward and, and do the best you can and just start creating content. I don't I don't want to break your system here, Bart, um, <laughs> but please do. I mean, that's a good idea. So, for example, your biggest donors, this is an area that we're, we're going to lean even more into. But the alumni director is starting to do content now where he'll ask a question to alumni and to donors, to some really big donors. And the question really doesn't matter. It, it, they're always fun and playful. The president, we have her asking questions, you know, one question with President Davis, where we'll film one question on her phone. She'll send it to me. I reach out or she'll reach out and we get the answer. They're sitting at home doing the selfie on the camera. They send it back. That's a piece of content. So the major donor is now on our Instagram, is now on our TikTok. And so that's one way as well. We want to show people, hey, these are alumni. These are donors. These are supporters. This is who we are. If you want to be a part of this, 
then come be a part of it. So I would say go on the offensive and, and get the people you want and definitely start with your major donors and, and your small donors. And it's a way to get alumni. This is something that we, we've heard is that, you know, the 30 to 50 year old alumni really aren't engaged. That's the easiest way to get them engaged is like get them on social, ask them a question and run with it. I will close our episode by saying to our listeners that we have a real influencer that in his side hustle gets five or three to four million views per day, or maybe Greenville's your side hustle. I'm not sure, but this is someone who is an influencer, but also gets higher ed and at least at the very least follow him and reach out because this is someone that could help you influence the future of your institution. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, providing significant lifts and yield by following your list with precisely targeted ads. On behalf of Bart and myself, Troy, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.